That's classic. We bring you great laughs and a unique behind-the-scenes look at classic television shows and movies. I'm John Cato. I am an actor, voiceover artist, and also bring you an amazing insight as a moderator with over 20 years' experience in the television industry. Uh, once again, uh, I have as my recurring guest host, co-host, Bob Bergen. Uh, and the, 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 the visiting pig. There he is. There he is. Porky Pig. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. He is um, very extremely talented. He's also a governor with the uh, Television Academy and um, and just, you know, great friend. And we just we both happen to love television. Um, what can I say? Today, we are going to uh, talk about family ties, which um, is just massive, massive fan here on, uh, you know, on my end. And Bob, I, I know you love the show uh, just as much. I start with an anomaly, bad news. It takes us out of the consistent trend of our of our doing these together, but there is no Family Ties house. <laughs> That's true. There, there is there just, place just in an that. interior. They yeah. didn't have, they, they didn't have uh, establishing shots of a house at the beginning. I do remember a painting. They would paint the portrait and that's how they would, they, they, oh, they would. That's right. You remember that? Yes. They would just paint a portrait and, uh, but sad to say there is no, there is no house. Um, but I did go to high school with Justine Bateman. You know, you, you, I, what, what we did we, for those people that are just tuning in, we've done a couple of these podcasts together and there was someone else that you went to high school with as well. Uh, Brady, uh, what was it? Brady's Robbie wrist. Robbie wrist from the Brady's. Yeah. That's right. So Justine Bateman, did you, uh, I mean, did you know her? Yeah, we were, in, we were in drama class together. You were in drama class with Justine Bateman. I was in drama class with Justine. We were doing, um, I think we were either doing a play called Strider where actors played horses or we were doing a one act festival where she played an eraser. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but she, but, and her brother, her, her brother was an actor and he had been on a lot of stuff. Um, Jason. Yeah, um, yeah, he, had, you know, I think Little House on the Prairie. I think he had already started doing that, and he was a, and is a successful actor. Yeah. But I remember Justine coming to class, just talking about that she booked this pilot for this new series, uh, which was which ended up being Family Ties. I thought, and I'm not positive, but I thought that was one of her very first auditions. Perhaps it was. Yeah, that it was pretty instantaneous for her it, 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 it might have been i don't know um yeah. but uh you know because she uh, listen it's so funny i mean in in drama class in high school i did, i i rarely got cast in anything i mean yeah. rarely got cast in anything in fact i went back and i was asked after i was became a, a pseudo successful actor my drama teacher asked me to come and talk to her class and i said um, well, first of all, her name was Ms. Greeb. I said, I'd like to thank Ms. Greeb for never casting me in anything substantial because had you done that, I may not be successful today. But <laughs> Justine didn't get anything substantial either. So there you have it. Well, you know, it's funny too because she played Mar uh, Marjorie. Uh, Mallory. Mallory. Thank you. Mallory. What am I saying, Marjorie? Mallory on the show. And Mallory's a big ditz basically in the show for the most part. But I, I understand that uh, Justine actually is the complete opposite. She She's a very, very bright person. Yeah. yeah. She graduated from UCLA in like computer science and 
I want to say finance or something like that, but she had like a double major. I mean, and she, I, I, I don't know if she was in, in college while she was doing the show or she went to college after the show, but yeah, after. she's a after. very, very well-educated, smart person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think she actually got her degree in like 2016, something like that. You know, it, it's, it's not, I mean, it's a different show, but it's, it, it, God, sorry. <laughs> Hey, it reminds a live me, show, folks. I know, forgive me. It reminds me of Suzanne Summers. It's got to be difficult for a smart person to play a ditz because yeah. she's also a brilliant person. Right. I think, well, I think, you know, they, they claim uh, Marilyn Monroe was quite, quite smart as well. Uh, I mean, I think. From what I understand, she played a character that that's she exactly created right. called Marilyn Monroe. So, yeah. Say the but best. we digress. Marilyn Monroe was, I know. Not, <laughs> was not in the opening credit painting. <laughs> I had to put that in there. Let's talk about, I mean, you can't talk about family ties without talking about Michael J. Fox, who I have always looked up to. He, he probably really on many levels brought me out. And the reason is because know. you've always been told you're a Michael J. Fox type. It, you know what? You are right about that. I got to tell you. You're I, an adorable little young looking guy. That's I, exactly how it Michael was. Michael J. Fox type. Right. It, I, that's how it was when I came out. In fact, I'll tell you a story. This is pretty wild. I had friends that for years, you know, when Family Ties was was on and uh, they would say, my God, you know, Cato, you're like Michael J. Fox. I mean, it's like Michael J. Fox. I think about it. So I come out here and he's like an idol of mine. Mm-hmm. I've only been here about a week. And a guy that I knew that had actually helped me get a job out here calls mm-hmm. me up. He was involved with politics and they had this campaign bus with, with about 40 celebrities in it. This was. Um, for to- uh, against uh, toxic waste in the water uh, supply system of California. And it was like Proposition 65, I think it was at the time. That's a good memory. By the way, there's so many of those damn numbers. That to, I know. To, re- to remember that specific number, Cato, that's, 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 that's it. Stuck, it stuck in my head at that time. But, but he said, listen, I'm organizing their arrival at LAX. Um, and we're going to, then they're going to go by bus. And, you know, we're going to get them back or whatever. Uh, they, um, so they had taken a bus up the coast. Now they flew back down and then they were taking the bus back. So I'm like, sure. I know nothing about who's on this thing. And I, I've only been in LA a week. I can barely make it to LAX. So I get there. I've got my little um, uh, sport jacket on, you know, and I'm looking like, very Alex P. Keaton. Exactly. I mean, yeah. this is totally wild. So I get, I get, uh, they arrive at the airport and he's like, okay, John, just guide them towards the bus, you know? Well, <laughs> the celebrities come off and these are like guys that I, guys and, 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 and girls at the time that I just idolize. And often, sure. Rob Lowe walks off, Jane Fonda, Ellis <laughs> Beasley from uh, Moonlight. Ellis Beasley, oh my God, how yeah. cool. That, you must have just been beside yourself. Uh, literally, I'm this kid from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and all these people are walking by and there's Michael J. Fox. And I'm like, this is too surreal. I'm actually here with them. So I get, I, I guide him towards the bus. The bus driver says, he comes off the bus and he looks at me and he goes, hey, listen, um, which way you want me to take them? Uh, we're going to go to Sony. Uh, what, you want to go uh, these side streets here? You want to go the 405? And I go, I got to be honest with you. I've only been here a week. I don't know. I don't even oh know. My how God, I'm you, get home. you must have been sweating. I was dying. I go, I go, I'm not even sure how to get home. He goes, just get on the bus. So I get on. I, so I, I look back and my friend's like waving to me, like, just go. It's okay. So I get on the bus 
And there in front of me is, you know, Rob Lowe and all, all these different actors. And they're all right in front of me and they're talking and they're looking at me. I sit down and Michael J. Fox had gone a little, a few seats back or whatever. Yeah. So I'm on the bus and we're, we're heading to Sony and I'm looking around I'm like, how did I get here? I'm like, right? this is so insane. You and, you, and it's before cell phones. You couldn't take pictures? No, no, no. I had my little camera with me in my Did pocket. You? you know, I had it I had it hidden, but I was still like, oh my God, I can't because I'm part of this group. Anyway, we get to Sony. We stand up. We stand up. And I look behind me and Michael J. Fox had stood up and he had come forward. So he's behind me. I turn and I kid you not, he looks at me and he goes, oh my gosh, it, if it isn't Alex Keaton. Oh, that's too funny. I have never forgotten that moment. So I'm just blown away. I can't even talk, Bob. Of course. Rob, Rob Lowe and I remember distinctly, Rob Lowe and Alice Beasley heard him. They were right in front and they, they just busted a gut. And then we get off the bus and everybody's saying goodbye. People are thanking me. I'm like, I'm like, who am I? And uh, so Michael J. Fox is there. And I just said, hey, uh, Michael, would you mind just if we get a quick picture together? And he's like, sure. So I have this photo of the two of us in the Sony Studios parking lot. And you're lot. wearing the little sport coat. Yeah, I've got like the Alex sport Keaton. coat. Yeah, and he has like on a t-shirt or whatever. And yeah, and he, you know, and he, you know, arm around each other. And I've got the photo. So I sent that photo out to like friends. I'd only been here a week. <laughs> People were blown away. They're like, oh my God, he's it already It only made it. took one week for Cater to make it. Exactly. They're like, I can't believe how, how you know, he's in. So how um, cool is that? Anyhow, that is that. That's a total segue story, but it's such a classic. By the way, I do have a, a kind of a house story. Please. So I had. Uh, I won't. I won't. I shouldn't mention. I won't mention this this name. But I was doing a guest shot on Facts of Life. Yeah. And 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 Michael J. Fox was dating Nancy McKeon. Oh, and for a while. One of, and one of my co-stars, guest stars on that episode. Uh, was a really good friend of 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 Michael's, and a few weeks later he was house sitting for Michael J. Fox, and in Laurel Canyon didn't he have a house uh, in like Laurel yeah, Canyon? Yeah, Fryman Canyon, very good. But Laurel yeah. Canyon, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he said, "I'm house sitting uh, for Michael J. Fox. Would you like to come over?" Oh, and I said, "Of wow. course, I want to come over." <laughs> oh wow! And we go over there, and my first. Uh, observation was uh, that in this one little office he had, you know, those giant. Remember, and it's a Wonderful Life when they dump all the letters on the on the judge. That's a Wonderful Life, uh, a Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, where they dump all yes. the letters on the judges First from Santa. Yeah. Okay. He had those size bags in his office, all with fan letters. Oh my God! That's and wild. my buddy who's house sitting goes, you want to go through a few? And I'm like, well, no, they're, 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 they're his. And he goes, oh, he won't mind. And he opens up, he goes, look, this one has a necklace. And he goes, this one has money. And this one, he goes, oh, this one. And I'm like, this is his, don't, don't do this. He goes, oh, he's never going to go through all this stuff. That's and crazy. Then, and then I, we go into his kitchen and I open up his refrigerator because I'm curious and it's nothing but beer. Yeah, it is right. just, just nothing but beer. And then he had like this hot tub off of his inside, off of his bedroom, and I swear, I, if I'm if I'm recalling correctly, it had a console where you push a button and the ceiling opened up. And oh wow! It was just the coolest thing I ever saw in my entire life. Oh my but the, god! But 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 I don't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember everything was little bitty. 
he just had everything was, was low to the ground. Like I think it was, uh, I think custom sinks and everything because he was not a very tall man. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. I, in fact, I think I was actually a little taller than him. Believe it or not, I'm sure you were. I'm yeah. sure you were. Yeah. And he was he was dating Tracy Pollan. I don't think they were married. There were tons of pictures of Tracy Pollan everywhere, but it was very very surreal to be going through his stuff. And Michael, oh. if you're watching this right now, I apologize. It was in the eighties. I I I I moved on. I hope you have too. That is so wild. By chance, did he? Because for a while there, he drove a red Ferrari. It wasn't a. There wasn't a red. I don't Ferrari remember driving. seeing a car. Okay. All right. I, I remember seeing beer. I don't remember seeing. Maybe he had driven across the country. I don't know. Now, didn't now from what I remember, like I said, you and I have known each other a long time. What didn't you meet him at one point at uh, Jerry's? Uh, yeah, we went out because after we were taping the Facts of Life, we all went out for dinner, and uh, because he was dating Nancy, and so, in fact, Justine came up that night. Um, uh, I just in conversation said, uh, I went to high school with Justine Bateman. He went, Oh, you, you went to Taft? And I said, yeah. <laughs> what? I, said, I said, I said, you know, Taft. I said, why would, why would you memorize Justine's high school? And he goes, Oh no, a lot of actors went to Taft. I just, I just, just know that that was a school that a lot of actors went to. Okay. That's pretty wild. I know. I Is know. That, and that personal of a level to know that. And he was wearing a red sweatshirt that looked very much like the red sweatshirt he wore in the deli scene in, in The Secret of My Success. Oh, God. Wild. Why do I know this crap? Because at the time, I was a tour guide at Universal Studios. They shot Facts of Life at Universal Studios. And we had screened uh, uh, Secret of My Success for the tour guides. And all I kept thinking was, I think he stole the wardrobe. That is pretty wild. I don't think he did steal the wardrobe. I think I think it was a coincidence that he was wearing the same one. But I was like, oh yeah, you look like the character in in that movie. Okay, that's pretty crazy. Did um he? But you know, the irony of this whole thing is is and God, I still love the guy. And but when he started uh, uh, Family Ties, he didn't have any money. I mean, I, I've heard I've heard stories that um, he actually got the call for the audition at a payphone outside of a, like a Kentucky fried chicken. Pioneer chicken. Pioneer chicken, there you go. And do you know the story about the sectional couch? Uh, no, I don't think I do. So he was literally down, he was so poor, he was selling sections of the couch. <laughs> wow. wow. It was one of those old fashioned multi-sectional couches. And I think he was, I mean, I'm, I don't know the true number, but I think he was down to like a section when he got family, family ties. And yes, he got the call that he booked it from the, from the phone booth by Pioneer Chicken. I mean, that is just crazy. When you think about like when people say they give it everything, um, he, it, a couple other things on that, his dad actually wrote him a letter, very like from the heart letter, a couple weeks, I don't know, maybe a few weeks uh, before he actually got family ties asking him that he th he thought it was a good idea if he left acting that you know enough was enough that he had done the, you know pushed it so hard and he had been on a successful series in uh Canada yeah he was a he was a successful child actor in Canada right right but his dad still felt like okay maybe this is it maybe we've done enough cuz he was so poor in fact when he booked the show i well i had years ago i had heard that Meredith uh Baxter Bernie used to drive him in but mm -hmm. Something that I learned recently is before she was even driving him in on the days she couldn't, he was hitchhiking from Brentwood to the studio. Because he had no car? Guys. Yeah, he, he had, had no, no car. car. Oh, that's, that's, but you know what? It makes sense because when you're new, even if it's a, a series, you don't necessarily get paid immediately. 
No. You know, and, and then, you know, you've got agents, you've got managers, you've got attorneys. So that, yeah. And also, you don't know if it's going to stop. So if you're a smart actor, you don't go out and buy a million cars and houses and whatnot. You live right. below your means. And even if it's picked up for a second season, you still live below your means. So he was probably being just very smart and very frugal. Yeah, I think so too. Initially, I, I, I mean, obviously that broke out after a while. That's why he had a little a, bit. He did okay. Ferrari. Yeah, he yeah. said he went through a little phase there where he did, but you kind of get it. It's like he finally made it, and he really made it. And he's like, I want what I used to look at these other actors and think, Oh God, I wish I could drive a red Ferrari like they do. That's too now, funny. Now he can do it, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty cool. That's so funny because they, like I said, he's always always been a, you know. On the reverse side, Meredith Baxter Burney and Michael Gross, who were very uh, well established mm-hmm. by the time Family Ties came around, they were actually supposed to be like the stars of the show, and they were very Fonzie, very Fonzie, very Fonzie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They were very jealous of him. I I, I had read a story where they tied um, a rope around each other's legs and they walked up onto the set, and people were like, "What's going on?" And they're like, "Well, we're interchangeable, aren't we?" Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that their hand to the writers give us something to do? That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I got to tell you, you know what? It's, it, it's, it, it was brilliant. It was also charming. Rather than going in there, I demand better scripts to do right. something like that. Yeah, that's – but you know what? Think about it. And this goes back to, you know, a previous episode you and I did about Happy Days. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it takes an extremely uh, strong person – uh, to be able to allow somebody else's character to become the star, like Ron Howard did with, with Henry Winkler. Yeah. And like they did with Michael J. Fox, like Esther Roll and John Amos did with Jimmy Walker. I mean, oh, you know. Dino Might. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, I, read Michael J. Fox's autobiography. I love he's it. Got, lucky, he's got lucky several. Lucky, that? lucky yeah. man. Yeah. Exactly. It's excellent. It's excellent, but there's a, there's, a, there's a part where he's talking about walking down the aisle to get his umpteenth Emmy. Yeah. Thinking to himself, when are they going to realize I have no idea what the hell I'm doing? Yeah, right. Which is, it's called the imposter syndrome. That all actors, no matter who you are, from rank beginner to I'd like to thank the Academy, everybody is concerned someday they're going to catch on. I got a lucky break and they just kept hiring me. Right. That's why, that's why actors are always like, you know, what's the next job? Like it ends and okay, where well, is it? Because, because even if you're collecting an award in your, in your, in your heart, in your mind, you know that you've got to go to work on Monday to finish shooting that piece of crap that you, that you started six months ago. And, right. and the award you're collecting was from a project from two years ago. So, you know, I, I loved how vulnerable he was talking about. In fact, I think it's in that book where he talks about the Pioneer Chicken phone booth. I think he does, too. It, it, when you said Pioneer Chicken, it really hit home. I love that book. I read that book twice. He, he's like, yeah. I'm, such a, I'm such an idol of his. He, you know, he encompassed such a, a character in Alex, Alex P. Keaton or whatever it was that um, I heard that Reagan, it was his favorite show, you know. and he it was. Because yeah. Alex Keaton worshipped Ronald Reagan. Well, exactly. But yet he, it was, he was satirizing the, the uh, Republican Party. That's what's so oh, funny about it. But yes, he loved him for it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's crazy. You know, that show was so popular. I don't think people realize just how powerful that show was, that during the 1988 presidential election, they actually stopped 
uh, airing an episode that they were that they had shot because they it it basically you know as you said it, it influenced Reagan whatever well they didn't want to influence the election I this particular episode so they oh my gosh after the election to air the episode that involved wow. like I think it involved it was either Reagan or Bush but it would have it would have influenced the election on some level by being too pro or taken as too pro Republican. So they didn't air the episode. They backed off. Wow. That, that shows you. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of power. The show itself. I mean, I love the show. I think it's great. It wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for the Cosby show. I mean, I was, was just going to go there. It yeah. was that Thursday night lineup. It was. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I mean, it was, it was Cosby and you had family ties and that was a lot. And, you know, something I never understood about uh, Family Ties, and it always irritated me, and it still does, they moved it around to so many different time slots, and they had this massive hit on their hands. And it was like, why are you doing that? You know, Because they're trying to boost the ratings on a different night that had worse. Sure. So they're, th- they're thinking if you, if, you, if, you sandwich, if you sandwich this in between a couple of losers, perhaps their ratings will go up. And it's a stupid uh, uh, strategy. You know, if something works, don't fix it. Thursday night NBC over the years from the 80s through the 90s, oh. Osby, Family Ties, Cheers, uh, Seinfeld. I mean, I mean that was, on. and then and then ER. That was a killer night. And, and, and it started this franchise called Must See TV. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I just, I felt like Family Ties could have been even bigger than it was had they just let it be there, you know, just allow it to be in that place. But uh, they, they, it always, wait, wait. I'm just too big a fan. I don't know. And so when do you think Family Ties jumped the shark? Uh, boy, that's a tough call. Um, uh, oh, you tell me. You tell me when you think it jumped the shark. Why did they have to have the little blonde kid? I knew you were going to say Brian Bonsell. The, the I mean, I yeah, mean, I, I know I was thinking that too. Yeah. I mean, was now, was it because Meredith Baxter Burney was pregnant in real life? And they're like, let's not hide her behind a couch. Let's make the character pregnant. I'm sure that had a big influence on it. Cause she, in the second season, she's not, she's not as, as prevalent or you right. know, in uh, episodes because that's, so I'm sure that had something to do with it. I'm sure. I just thought, I mean, he was an okay kid. I think he was fodder for Michael J. Fox to mold a little brother into a Republican. I do too. And I think that that was the funniest part of it. Yeah, it, was, it was the only funny part of it, but the, it, it, it was like, I just never found that he had the same chemistry. I now I loved, I loved Skippy. I loved, oh, I, I loved, um, Oh gosh, Mallory's boyfriend. Oh, Scott, Va- Scott Valentine. Um, yeah, but what, was the, what was the character's name? Vic yeah. Vince. Nick. Nick. There we go. Yes. Yeah. That, what a great actor because he was nothing like that character. Oh, he was a he was a great actor. He, in fact, he's interesting himself because uh, I, I, this was an article I read. And I don't know, I don't know how long ago I read this. He actually came out on a on a um, Canadian uh, broadcast, and he said, "I'll be honest, I, I feel terrible for the bundle of cash I made on that show because okay. I because some of the episodes I only grunted." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's wild. Now, now the guy that played Skippy, um, I should it, know his it name. Was, but I, I had screen tested to host kids win, lose, or draw. Oh God, no kidding! They did it. It was about, yeah. Excuse me. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it was um, it was about the same time I did Jep. Okay. Uh, 
And by the way, at this recording, uh, it was announced today that Alex Trebek passed away. I know, I know. I thought about that, and I, it, it is only appropriate to mention him. Yeah, I, I got to mention it. And I'm getting a billion and five emails asking me for quotes and whatnot, so I'll be doing that when we're done. Uh, yeah. But I didn't, get, I didn't get Win, Lose, or Draw. Skippy got it. But I went to the improv one night, years after Family Ties, and Skippy is a stand-up comic. Yeah, yeah. And, and, he, and, he's, yeah. Yeah, and he said... How many of you think that I'm going to be a real famous actor and movie star? And then he said, how many of you think I'm going to end up like an unknown, like the fat guy from head of the class? <laughs> nice. Now, nice. Now, the, the fat guy from head of the class is one of the top producers in Hollywood. I mean, oh, the, wow. so he's not a well-known Oscar winning actor. He just happens to be, a tremendously successful producer of television. Right. Where, made it big. Where's Skippy? Exactly. I know Skippy, I, I'm sorry, after Family Ties, didn't hear anything, you know? I, well, I'll teen, teen win, lose, or draw on the Disney Channel, I think. Wow, I never knew about that. You know, going back to Scott Valentine, by the way, he they tried so hard, so hard to get him to be like uh, his own spinoff show. They did three different pilots with him to try to get him to have his own show, and not a one of them worked. Three. Did, now, did Justine do them too? Was she part of the pilots, or was it just his character? That's a good question. I don't think so. I don't think she was part of it. I think it was spinning off just his character, because I think this was while they were still uh, doing Family Ties. Okay. Not possibly one of the later ones, because, I mean, he did three. But none of them made it. None of them hit. I mean, it, it, right now, can you? Do you? Did you even think of one? You, you ever even? No. Exactly. Yeah. No. Do you, Do you remember? Do you remember the episode where Michael J. Fox gets hooked on drugs? I don't know if I do. It was. It was a. a it was the dramatic episode where he gets hooked on drugs, and it was extremely dramatic. And I don't remember if it if it was like uppers because he was studying for exams or something. Vaguely. And, Vaguely. You know how they, you know how all, all, all TV shows and sitcoms especially have a very special episode. Exactly, they used to do that. Well, I think that's what he won an Emmy for, and I'm like, why does the comedy get an Emmy for the dramatic writing or the dramatic episode? I just find that so bizarre. It's the, I do too. The Emmy voters are like, oh, because that's real acting. Us, if you can do a drama on a sitcom, that's best comedic actor of the year, buddy. No, it's not. <laughs> No, it's, it's not, not at all. No, it's not. And comedy, I still say, is much harder. But that's a whole nother. But that's a whole other episode of That's Classic. That's Classic. And once again, folks, the it is called That's Classic. Um, not an apostrophe, no apostrophe, although there will never be an apostrophe on That's Classic. Because <laughs> you'll, never, you'll never find it. Um, now, you know what? They, they also sounded like they had a lot of fun on the show, by the way. I've heard that Meredith Baxter Bernie and like Michael Gross used to wrestle on the couch that was actually in the house. Like in between. Well, and, and, and we found out later in life that he enjoyed it more than she did. They, wrestling on the couch? Well, because, you know, she's, she's, she's now a lesbian. So, oh, that's right. So, well, that's true. That's very yeah. true. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. She, uh, she, I'll tell you, I think she had a harder time with all of it than, um, than Michael Gross did as far as uh, Michael J. Fox being so big. I think she, she really thought this was going to be her launching. Is that right? Ad as her show, like more. more well, more. I got to tell you, I, 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 cause I'm old. 
but I remember Bridget Loves Bernie. Do you remember oh, that sitcom? Remember, sure, David Bernie. That's right. And that's, yeah. I, I, I don't know if they met on that or if they were married and they got the, the, the job, but it was a terrific, like, like late 60s, early 70s. He was terrific. He was terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was great. And yeah. then she did Family. She is a superb dramatic actress. I mean, an amazing dramatic actress. And like you said, comedy is more difficult. Comedy is more difficult. But right. she did such an amazing job on Family Ties. You know, to get the part of just the mom, the housewife, it can't right. just be the mom and the housewife. There has to be something substantial that you bring to the equation. And, you know, they play the hippies to the kids who were the, the, the conservatives and the... Oh, such a great concept. It was a great concept. And the writing was so good. And the, and the, the, um, the chemistry of the actors was so good. By the way, I always thought that their kitchen looked like the Huxtables kitchen. It does kind of look like the Huxtables. You're right. It does. I, it just always reminded me of the Huxtables. And I remember when, when Cosby's show was on first, I was like, well, that's the same kitchen. I don't, I don't, I don't know why I understood that like Bill Cosby, but that's the same kitchen. <laughs> it might have been the same set. I mean, the set designers. You never know. It could have been. It could have been. Yeah. I know now, obviously, Bob, you do voiceover and that's, that's your, your, your main thing. And you, you know, you're involved in that a lot. I, I'm assuming you've probably met Billy Vera then because I, I, Billy, when, when I was doing more voiceover, uh, I knew Billy cause we were at the same agent and he got that, you know, Billy Vera and the beaters did at this moment, which was a massive hit on, um, from family ties because of, um, I think it's, I think it's the romantic moment between Tracy Pollan and Michael J. Fox. And that, that song was like a decent song. He came out in like 81, but when they released that in 87 on the show, it was number one in the country and it took him up there. But did you ever meet Billy? All right. So I was going to let you just keep telling that really cool story and that really fascinating little, little moment, because I have no idea who or what you're talking about. Oh, funny. <laughs> who is, who is he? Yeah. And Bill, then what's the song? Billy Vera, who's a really nice guy. He does, he does, uh, does a voiceover as well, but he, there was this song at this moment that was, like I said, just kind of an unknown kind of song. The, the family ties producers picked it up and they played it during the, um, I don't know if it's a dance that Tracy Pollan is at with Michael J. Fox or whatever. They played it. And literally within the week, that song went to number one in the United States. And, okay. Well, yeah, but that's what yeah. his show does. Right. It just, it just soared, it just took it. But he, I had talked to him and he literally said that like, his entire life changed like overnight. I'm sure. Yeah. Nobody knew who the hell he was right after that. Everybody knew them. They were booking yeah. gigs all over the country and everything else, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, honest to God, that's all it takes. And was it just by chance they picked that song or did he have, did he know somebody on the crew? That I don't know, but I mean, it was such a, just, it fits perfect by the way. If you ever see that episode, you'd be like, Oh, I, I get, I remember that, but it is pretty wild, you know, um, that, that they, they ended up picking it and yeah, you know, complete unknown and he's 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 on there they had a lot of good uh good guest stars on there by the way i don't do you remember courtney cox being on sure yeah of course she was the girlfriend before tracy pollen that's she? correct yeah and, well actually i take that back she might have been or was she after i think she was after because i okay. think i think he would there was a rumor at the time that he was uh you know they were actually romantically involved 
And so it was causing a big rift because I believe he was dating Tracy at the time. And he came oh. out and said, look, we're great friends, but Tracy's the woman that I'm with, you know, type of thing. But she was on there. Uh, by the way, Tom Hanks, who we, we discussed. I was just going to say Tom Hanks. Yes, exactly. Tom, he was on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty wild. I mean, the. Yeah, and, and, and I, I'm trying to remember because it was on for many years. It was. It was. It, seven seasons, I think it was. Did yeah. they have like a major season finale? Like, was it like Michael J. Fox's character moves or something? Because usually when a show ends, they know it's going to end. So they do some major. Because I remember when Happy Days ended, ooh, residual time for podcasts. It was Joni and Chachi's wedding. That was their last episode. Right. Yeah. And Tom Bosley talks to the fourth wall. He talks to the audience. He talks Thanks to the, the fourth fans. wall. Yeah. And, oh, gosh, we're going backwards now. And it was so strange because he's talking to the fourth wall. I remember watching that. I'm going, what? Who's he talking to? What's going on? Exactly. Yeah. I remember that too. But did, did, did Family Ties, did, was it like Michael J. Fox's moving away or something? I, yeah, I, it was, I, I haven't seen the finale in a long time, but it, it did. I do remember there was a, what I thought was wild. They wanted the cast, and this is for real, they wanted to end the show, they all die in a plane crash. Because they did lying. not. You're lying. No, I swear to God, you can look that one up. That's a, that's a fact. They wanted to do that because they wanted uh, the, the cast itself. They did not want to do a reunion show. They did not want this to, they wanted it to just be what it was and end it. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the deal. You cannot do a reunion show by just saying, no, thank you. You don't have to kill the characters. How do you end that show? It's sort of like that Seinfeld ending where they pretended in the part one that the plane was going down. Right, right. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and from what I understand, they did that because they had the studio audience. They wanted the first studio audience to think that's how the show ends. <laughs> and they didn't want to give, give away what was going to happen. But they wanted to kill off the cast of Family Ties in a plane crash? Yeah, I swear to God. And, and of course, the producers, Gary David Goldberg was like, yeah, uh, no, we're not doing that. Oh, it was from the network that wanted to do that. No, the network didn't. No, the cast wanted to do it. They oh, wanted good. to end it. Yeah. Okay, that's that's just guys, you know. That's that's. Uh. Yeah, he you don't have to do a reunion. Don't do a reunion. You don't have to do a reunion. And Gary David Goldberg, another genius producer. Oh, he's total genius. Shame he has passed. Obviously, I think he's been dead since like 2013. Did you ever see a show called Brooklyn Bridge? Vague memories of it, Bob. Vague. Yeah. With Marion Ross, who was on a show called Happy Days. Yep. And it was just this charming single camera sitcom that Gary David Goldberg made. I think it took place in the 50s or 60s about his family in Brooklyn and his grandmother. And he, he's one of, the, he was one of the most, he was a funny writer, but he was a charming uh, storyteller that I don't, I don't think he gets the credit in the legacy of TV that he should get. Oh, I agree with you. Well, you know, Family Ties is basically based on his, he and his wife. I mean, they were hippies and then they- Is became, that right? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. And then as they were transitioning into like a more conservative life, that's where the whole, you know, um, idea comes for, for family ties. It's pretty crazy. And you, I could- Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the, the, end, the ending credits, you know, just before it went to the Paramount thing. I was going to go to that. I was going to- Were you really right now? Yeah, right Ubu, now Ubu sit, production. Ubu, sit. Oh, good dog. <laughs> right. That's his dog. He, he, that was like a beloved dog. That's why the dog's name was Ubu. Yeah. That's why it's called Ubu Productions. There you go. Oh, I'm sorry. That's hysterical that you were thinking that at the exact same time. That is so freaking funny. 
you know, it's, it reminds me. It reminds me of the end of of, of uh, Taxi. Night, Mr. Walters. Oh God, remember that? I totally the guy in the trench coat walking away. Right. It's like those little production company clever endings. You know, they're as memorable as the damn show. They're like it's like part of the brand. I got well. I kind of like wait for that to happen in in those instances. And then I'm like, okay, now I've watched the whole episode. Now I'm out. I'm like, I, I agree with you. Like, I consider it like part of it. Yeah, it is. It's just there. There's a lot of weird things on that. Um, another thing I had, I had read is Meredith Baxter, Bernie, and Michael Gross, they have the exact same birthday. Oh. I mean, that's, that's a, just thing. a bizarre one. That's a, that's a cool little tidbit. Yeah. Like, Are like, they the same age? Uh, I believe so. Oh. I believe they are. I and, and, you know, and, 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 and I'm not positive about it. And I think he only, he, he grew the beard second or third season. The first season he has no beard and he looks nine years old. Yeah, it's true. I remember that. You're right. Because I, I think of him with the beard, but now going back, I can go, oh yeah, I totally remember that. Yeah. It, it started, by the way, this is weird too, because in, in our business, usually the way it works is if, if one network comes up with the idea of the other network, no matter how good the, that show is, they have no interest because it's like, well, that was their, their idea. But in the case of Family Ties, CBS originally saw it as a one-hour drama. Or not, one-hour show, I should say. I don't, I don't know if it was a drama. But as a one-hour drama. And NBC saw it as a half-hour. And they're the oh, ones so, that actually... So, so it, was, it was pitched around the networks and they all saw it as a different... They saw it differently. Yeah. Wow. And NBC is the one that said, yeah, we'll take it you know, uh, to do that. But, um, I, I got a, I got a, okay. I got another funny one here. Um, Brandon Tartikoff, who was the head of, of NBC and right. beloved, uh, executive. Yeah. When it came out and they were going to cast, uh, Michael J. Fox. I mean, it's so funny, you know, you and I have talked about this before. They, they go to cast these shows and people watch it and they go, who else could you see in the part? But then you find out about the struggle it was just to get that, the the actor you know in that role like actually the cast michael j fox he goes to the first audition gary david goldberg is like whatever blows him off he's not Mm -hmm. interested they actually go to matthew broderick and they offer him the part matthew broderick's like look i'm living uh on the east coast i have no interest in moving to the west and my career's flying yeah and he passes so the casting director i I think Judith Weiner, um, mm-hmm. she, uh, she actually goes back to Gary David Goldberg and goes, listen, I don't think you saw the right thing with this guy. And he goes, okay, fine, bring him in one more time. And they bring Michael J. Fox in one more time. And he looks at um, Gary David Goldberg, uh, as we both know from auditioning, the uh, producer, director says, do you have any questions? And Michael J. Fox looks at him and he says, no, but... Uh, he, oh, I'm, I'm kind of blowing what he said back, but he said something to the extent of, no, but I'm sure you want it better this time. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So he reads it totally mm-hmm. different, leaves the room, and Gary David Gober looks at, uh, at Judith Weiner and says, he's the guy. How, how did I never see him before? And she's like, oh, no, you did. He was, he was in here before. But I was trying to think, I got segued off of that. Um, with Michael J. Fox, uh, it was, it, that was part of it. And then there was another, God, there was another tie-in and I it went out of my head. But ba- basically, um, that was it with Michael J. Fox. Just the fact that he, he had to work, work at it to actually get cast, you know. 
And then, well, now, you know like, what, um, man, this is this is this goes to the credit of the Cassie director that actors take for granted. You know, oh my God, so and so never sees me, or so and so sees me all the time and never hires me. First of all, you never know when a casting director is going to go to bat like that for you and right. it just work out, or you get that job and you find out that casting director really had your back. I, I've known so many casting directors, not as an actor, but in my involvement at the TV sure. Academy sure. here. I mean, and, 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 and actors need to understand the, the casting director, every time you, an actor walks in the room, they want that actor to be the one they're yeah. on your side and they, and they will, they will go to bat and fight all the time. And that's a perfect story. Perfect example of that. Yeah. Just, he really, really wanted, you know, uh, they, they back, they know their talent, they know what's there and they, they, they go for it. I was I, I was thinking of, um, the, I think the person that you don't hear much about is Tina Yothers, who played, obviously. Oh, my God. I, I think she was on some VH1 MTV reality show last time I saw her. I vaguely remember that, too. And I don't know if it was one of the... It Isn't was, it terrible? I forgot they had that daughter. She was actually pretty good in the show. She was very good in the show, but I think that she was very overshadowed by the other four. Very overshadowed. Well, tremendously overshadowed but then she probably said great bring in the little blonde kid you know let him get overshadowed I, I, right you know but she I, was i actually liked her character an awful lot oh i thought she was really really good i for the life of me right now i can't remember her character's name i have no idea what her character's name is but we yeah. do remember her real name and which is which is nice it is nice apparently though when the show ended she was one that did not really want to be known anymore of that, uh, that she dyed her hair black. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really looked different so she could walk out in public and nobody knew who the heck she was. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think, I think that's a big part of it. I think- well, What was her character's name? I know, I don't know. I, Mallory, Alex, Andy was the little boy. And, yep. and- I know, it just isn't coming. It just isn't- uh, I feel terrible. Yeah, I feel terrible too, because I did, I did enjoy her, uh, a lot in the show. Michael J. Fox, I, I had heard that, um, actually I'd read this a long time ago, that he said one thing that he found in Alex Keaton, it, he felt like that's when he really became an actor, even more so than Back to the Future, because he felt like he realized that acting, you think of, oh, I have to become a character. And he said, mm -hmm. that is not true. He said, what it is, is that the character is part of you. Mm -hmm. and, he said, and you're bringing and that's what he realized in Alex Keaton. He goes, there is a part of me that is Alex Keaton. Interesting. Yeah. And he said, that's when you really feel like that's when you've hit a level of, of, of being an actor is you, 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 you transition and you go, no, it's really part of yourself that you're bringing forward. I, that's interesting because if you look at the classic actors, uh, and we might've talked about this before, but if you look at the Cagneys and the Jimmy Stewart's right. uh, and uh, the, 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 um, you know, the, the, the Humphrey Bogarts, they didn't morph into somebody different. It was Humphrey Bogart playing this character, Jimmy Stewart playing this character. So right. that, that's interesting that they, that his philosophy is that he brings himself or finds himself in the character. Yeah, because even when you think, it, when he went on to Spin City, he went on to these, you still go, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's like, it's like Michael J. Fox, but it, it, it's a believable within the character. Absolutely. Um, I was doing, I was promoting Space Jam, which was in the mid 90s. 
and I flew in a little like four seater, thought I was going to die airplane from Burbank airport to some place to promote the film. And I'm with a journalist and he tells me that Michael J. Fox has Parkinson's disease. Oh geez. And I said, I said, really? And he goes, yeah, don't tell anybody. And I said, are you telling everybody and saying, don't tell, don't, don't tell anybody. And he said, no, I literally just got off the phone with my editor and I just needed to tell somebody. Oh, and, and, and this was prop. I, I don't know when Michael J. Fox announced that he had Parkinson's. Yeah. I don't know the exact year. I know that, I know that in the last couple of seasons, he was already showing signs of it. He knew of family ties. Yeah. Which, yeah. No yeah. Cause I, cause, cause I never said a word to anybody until he announced it. Um, but I heard him tell a story that he was on the movie doc Hollywood. Yes. And he the noticed his pinky was trembling. I heard the exact same thing. I heard that as well. And in the book, he mentions that, but I I've read that there were early signs. Uh, well, you know, what's interesting. Do you remember David Spade used to do a great impression of Michael J. Fox on SNL? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, he used to always do this little quirky things that Michael J. Fox would do. Well, that's very Parkinson's like those, those, I always thought it was an, it just, uh, you know, people are have these nervous. Yeah, of course. But of course. That per, perhaps that was an early sign. I don't know. Who knows? No, I know. I felt, oh no, I felt terrible when he, when he got Parkinson's, like I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm such a, a fan of his that, uh, I mean, that, that really, I felt, I felt like. But he's, personally. he's kept working. He's been nominated at least twice for Emmys. I forget what the CBS primetime drama is that he's been nominated for because I don't watch it. But it was like uh, uh, Madam Secretary. Was or, Wasn't he like a lawyer or something? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. But did you, did you see him on Curb Your Enthusiasm where he played himself? Oh, God, I got to see that. I didn't know he was oh, on. Oh, it, it's, it's brilliant because he thinks Larry's making fun of him. <laughs> and, he, and he wasn't. But it, it's just, the, I bring this up because he, Michael J. Fox is able to poke fun at himself. Which is, which is, I think, look, if, if, if more people, I'm going to get this much political. Sure. If, if more people could just laugh at themselves and not take themselves so seriously, oh, we'd, be, we'd be a miles more happy. No, I agree with you. I agree 100% with you. Yeah. I'm, I, you know what? I, I think uh, he, he's one of those guys, like, I don't want to, you know, go off on just, you know, as a person too much, but just, he really is one of those guys that he really became rather than just this child actor, or this young man actor into a real uh, symbolic like mentor. You know, you look at what he's done now since he's had the Parkinson's and what he's done for the Parkinson's community and, and everything else. It's just really, really inspiring. I love that kind of stuff. I just, yeah. Think, and, and, I, um, He's never left the public. In fact, he was on the news this past week because evidently um, he had spinal surgery because he had a, a tumor on his back. I heard that. He, I heard it was quite he serious. He fell and he shattered his yeah. arm. And yeah. he, you know, he's, uh, bless his little old heart. He is just like uh, the ever-ready battery. He just keeps on going. And, um, you know, despite his, his physical setbacks, um, he's... He's an advocate. He's an actor. He's a family guy. Ooh, family guys, family, family tie. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but uh, yeah, I think he's, um, I think he's a treasure. I think he's a gem. 
in this oh my industry. God, without a doubt. So we'll end on we'll end on one lighter moment. So you yeah. said you went to school with Justine Bateman. Did you ever yeah. see her after that? Um, we had no. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. We uh, we were on opposite sides of the political fence when I was on the board of SAG after. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay. So so I mean we didn't clash, but uh, there were times when she believed one way and I believed another, and we would email back and forth on occasion. Um, but you know, uh, we didn't. No, we didn't. I don't even know if, she, if she's still acting. I don't think she is. Um, I don't think she's either. No, she created her own like inter internet company. Yeah, uh, I heard that. Or she's a business like person. Digital media or something like that. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure how that did. But um, did, wait. Uh, I, on a side note, did you know Jason at all or not? No, did not know Jason Bateman. Uh, met him, I think, uh, at least a couple of times at the Emmys. Yeah. Uh, nice guy, really just uh, sweet, humble, nice, uh, down to earth guy. He's got a podcast with uh, Sean Hayes and oh gosh, can't think of his name right now. Uh, raspy voice. Uh, uh, I, I'll think of him. Yeah. Um, uh, but he he's also such a good actor. Oh God. Oh my God. He's fantastic to say the least. Well, yeah. anyway, I'll, uh, I guess we'll wrap, we'll wrap up the family ties, uh, episode here, but, um, I don't know. The we didn't even talk. We didn't even talk about Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis. Oh wait, was that the theme song? Yeah. That was, you know what? This is insane. I did not know that. He didn't do the first season. I don't think he did the first season. I think he did the second season and forward. And Stephanie I Mills. I think, it's John, I think it's Johnny Mathis and Stephanie Mills. Uh, because didn't they do, uh, looks like it's over, call it a day. <laughs> because that was basically the family ties theme. Too yeah. much, too little, too late. What will we do, baby? Oh, my <laughs> God. Bob, that was pretty good. <laughs> I, I, <this> is... <laughs> I kind of like that one. I kind of like it. No, you know, seriously, you just pulled one out. I, I feel like I know that show quite well. I never knew that about Johnny Mathis. I don't know why. That's yeah. A, wow, that's a bizarre one. Probably made a fortune on, on, on residuals on that because theme songs make a fortune. So let me ask you something, actually. On the, when you met him at, the, um, at Jerry's Deli all those years ago, and you did Facts of Life, which... By You're the talking way, about Michael J. Fox, not Johnny Mathis. I've never met Johnny, Johnny Mathis. No, no, no. No, Johnny, love you, but we're moving yeah. on to Michael. Um, did... Uh, were you kind of starstruck or were, were you, where were you at at that point? Like, you know, feeling. I wasn't because he was so sweet and down to earth. And I, you know, I, I'm not a starstruck kind of guy. I've, I, uh -huh. I, you know where I get starstruck? At the Hollywood Christmas parade with Jaja. <laughs> with Jaja Gabor. I remember that moment. I mean, I, that, that, that I got starstruck with when I would see, when I would meet Jimmy Stewart and, and yeah. Sammy Davis, I think, um, uh, yeah. uh, 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 Ed McMahon was at that parade that you were at because oh, yeah. by the way, I bring this, I bring this up because I bring this up because Cato would have a picture with Jaja and that was your Christmas <laughs> card one year. Um, uh, but no, I was not starstruck with him because he was really nice and down to earth. And actually, I didn't meet him at Jerry's. I met him backstage while we were taping because he just hung out with us backstage. Oh, because he was dancing. Uh, he was dancing. He was dating Nancy McKeon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I get it. I get it. Wow. 
What was that, uh, by the way, just uh, for my own sake, and I guess for, for the listeners, what was it like, I guess, uh, you know, being on these, these uh, sitcoms during that time? I mean, that, w- was that the 80s? I would have been. Yeah, it was, yes, it was. It was yeah. uh, 80, 80, 81, 82, no, 82 to 84-ish, I guess. What yeah. was it like for, I mean, in your case, obviously, you, you were a tour guide, and then you're also yeah. doing a show that's on the universe a lot, like Facts of Life. I mean, what was that like? Well, I, you know, uh, when you're a tour guide, uh, they would let you go on occasion to auditions, but God forbid you book the job because you know, to, 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 to do the sitcom is five days. Oh, wow. So, so I called in sick for five days, oh, but, my, my but my trailer, my little, my little, um, what do you call honey wagon? Yeah. Was right on the tour guide route. <laughs> I staged, I staged 43 and 44. And every time I'd hear a tram, I would dodge into my, into my dressing room. Cause I could, I couldn't be seen cause I called in sick. Oh, that is hysterical. I mean, that's but really it, funny. But I will tell you that it was, um, it was really, really cool. You know, being a guest star on a sitcom or any TV show, yeah. it's very difficult. Everybody knows each other. It's very clicky. Um, by the last episode, or the last day of shooting, you're all friends, and then you have to leave. Um, I will tell you that I bonded most on The Facts of Life with Jerry Jewell, who played Cousin Jerry. We played backgammon because she talked to me. So um, we would just sit there and play backgammon. And uh, it was, um, I, it's so funny because after I did that, I did about four packs of lives, but after I did that first one, I'd be on my tram um, going through the tour and I would see this, uh, this, this little car and there'd be honking and waving. It's Nancy McKeon, hi! And I'm like, oh my hi! God. <laughs> That's and, funny. And, and, and the driver's like, who was that? And I said, well, you know, last week I was an actor, to now I'm a tour guide. <laughs> but yeah, she was so sweet. I, I haven't seen her since then. Yeah. I have no, she's not acting anymore, is she? I haven't seen I, her for, for years. I don't think so. I don't think so. I haven't seen her for years either. I'm not sure what happened to her. Yeah. Her brother just passed away. Oh my God, actually, when you said that, that, that's the first time that I've seen her name in the news. You're yeah. right. I did see that, that her brother had passed away. Yeah, I'm not sure what she's doing these days, though. Wow. I don't know. Maybe somebody can write in to thatsclassic.com. Thatsclassic.com. That's right. That's right. Um, and yes. Uh, or just put it in a review or a message, and I will get it. Okay. There you go. So um, anyway, we're, we're going to wrap it up. Bob, I, I hope you come back for a, a few more. We'll pick some other shows. And there we go. I love having you as a recurring uh, co-host. And, this is uh, fun. It's just a great time. So thanks again. I think, people, I think people should write in and say, hey, I would like to hear them talk about. I think that's a good idea, actually. That's a really good idea. Um, yeah, if, they, if there's any particular shows out there that are older series you want to hear about, please let me know. You, and, and, and people, people, just to let you know, an older show is not Grey's Anatomy. It has to be a classic <laughs> show. Preferably a show that started in black and white and then went to color. I would agree with that. I would agree. I think we're looking at more that that time frame. Coming right. soon, Bewitched and I Dream of Genie. Yes, they're coming. They're coming. There we go. I will, right. I will, I will have my Genie bottle when we talk. Oh, that is a great story. Okay. Talk All to right. you. All right. Bye, Bob. Bye, bye. <laughs>